Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 243. This time, in quite a surprise, I have some stuff to talk about. I have Fallout 4, and a couple of indie games somebody sent. Ah, it's like a screaming thing, I don't want to scream, because, you know, podcasting mic. And The Wonderful End of the World, which is a oddly inappropriately named game for what it is, but I'll talk about that, you know, in the second section. And that's it for this time. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. Fallout 4 is super awesome. I was hoping to play today and talk about it after I played so I could get some more playtime. But it seems like school that is supposed to be open is not really open and they kind of booted me out. Not even after I'd fully gotten set up. I was like just barely set up for the day. And then they're like, oh, you gotta leave. It's closed. So I am recording now because it's a little bit better time to do so. But I have played for, I think, about four or five hours total. And I'm probably just about done with what they would consider the sort of training tutorial section of the game. First thing to note is that people do look a little bit weird, but we've kind of known about this ever since even the announcement video. They're in that kind of weird, uncanny valley that is like, they look fairly realistic, but they still look kind of plastic and sort of mannequin-like. So it looks a little bit weird. It's kind of an odd place to be. I would have preferred they probably go a little bit more on the video gamey side of looking realistic than trying to look as realistic as characters do. Because a lot of times you're just not going to be close enough to really notice that sort of detail. You're talking about somebody's head that's on, you know, your screen and they're far away from you, so it's probably only going to be about half an inch or an inch big on your screen most of the time, until, you know, you're in town and kind of hanging out with them. And that's when it looks, you know, the most weird, because they're pretty much stationary just talking to you. But graphics outside of that look really great. The monsters I've seen, I haven't seen more than a couple of different kind of monsters, look really amazing. I'm sure more will look even more amazing, because they have sort of a loading screen, and they've shown a rad scorpion and it's like wow that looks really amazing so i'm sure for the non-humanoid things it will be less disturbing the opening for anybody who has not seen it does have a little bit of a sort of scene of war so it is pretty terrible and sad so there's a quite a lot of emotion right at the beginning but you know that's a good thing because you should never be fully comfortable about war stories This is one of the ones where you sort of start in the vault and sort of slowly exit as opposed to, uh, I think it was Fallout 3, where you started and you pretty much just walked right out of the vault. Exiting the vault, there is a lot of super creepy atmosphere, which I really like. 
And if you can get to the terminals or you can hack into some of the terminals, there's a lot of lore about sort of the the first year or two after the event. And so you get some history about, you know, what was happening with the base and sort of a, a deeper level of, I guess, mystery sort of revealed about the vaults, which I don't think they've discussed before quite in as much detail as they do here. So that's really cool for people who like lore. Uh, check out the terminals and, and don't skip them. You know, do take your time and look around as you're exiting the vault. You can always come back to if you did uh, not pay attention to them the first time. But I'm sure more about that is revealed, you know, on the outside world than the inside. The music is very cool and very haunting. And it generally sort of increases the spookiness of the post-apocalyptic wasteland. I'm not sure about the areas outside of sort of that starting area that you start around. I'm sure that area is a bit extra slow in comparison to the other areas. But it does seem super creepy and you're just trying to explore around and sort of get a feel for what happened. Customizing the weapons is really awesome. It is as cool as it looked. Um, there's some unlocks required, so a lot of the stuff you really don't have access to or parts for at the beginning. You're going to think, oh, I should modify my gun because I can do that now and that's a thing. And then you're going to go and you're going to find a workbench and you're going to be like, oh, I actually can't because I either don't know how to do the mod or I don't have the parts for the mod. But it's cool to, uh, you know, check it out right as soon as you can. One thing that is kind of a big change, I don't remember if this was in Fallout 3. I think it was, but I know for sure it was in New Vegas. Whenever I would find another gun... I would repair my previous gun because uh, it would get worn out and then, you know, you could just do it right then and there and use up the parts, basically. But in this one, I'm not sure that there is repair conditions. I don't think they break down. But if you are keeping stuff for, you know, spare parts to break down to make mods, your inventory is going to get pretty jammed up pretty quickly. Because it doesn't seem like there's a way to break stuff down unless you're actually at the crafting station. So a lot of times I'm finding myself near encumbered. And I want to keep this stuff to break it down into the parts. Because I assume, you know, the parts are zero weight. I, I don't think I've seen any sort of pile of steel, as it were, you know, in my inventory taking up weight. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. Because I'm always like, I want to get all this stuff to have access to all the things. But then, you know, my inventory gets jammed up really quickly. So, I don't know. I'll probably have to figure out the balance. Like I said, I just started the game. So, maybe there is a balance and maybe it isn't quite as necessary to carry around so much stuff. I'm sure the limits on things will be much lower. Because, you know, there is that inventory limitation. They wouldn't limit you in a way that would allow you to not play. That would be silly. So, do be aware there is going to be that change. Don't, you know, go around grabbing everything or you'll be overweight uh, really fast. One of the new features on items I really like, which I didn't understand why it wasn't in previous games, was that whatever you have either in your hands, if it's a weapon, or what you're wearing, if it's a piece of equipment, and you mouse over a new item in your inventory, it will have sort of a, a really sort of simplified comparison system. It ranges from three minuses to three pluses on each of the individual stats that it has. So you'll see pluses and minuses on the different stats. 
And so you know uh, this item that I'm looking at is better or worse in certain ways than the item I'm, you know, using or have equipped. So that's really cool to see. You know, you don't have to try and memorize, oh, this does this much damage. Now mouse over the other one. How much more damage does it do? I mean, if you want to know the exact number, uh, that that certainly is still required. But if you're just like, does this pistol do more damage than this other one? Does it have a better fire rate? You know, those things will come up and they'll have, you know, plus or minuses. And it's very quick to compare and easy. And I really like that system. I still would like more details compared to, you know, current MMOs. But I guess they are trying to have that sort of Fallout feel where the technology sort of caps at a certain point regardless of, you know, our real-world advancement to have that sort of feel. There is location-based armor. Again, I'm just getting into it, but it looks like there are sort of two layers of armor, and they've talked about this in presentations before. I'm not entirely sure how the two layers interact because I have a jumpsuit which does have stats, and I have location-based armor over on top of that, which is in six parts. You got your head, chest, two arms, and then two legs. And I really love that it's location-based. I don't know why more games don't run location-based armor. I guess just because of the calculations it has to run on, you know, multiple bad guys and you and all of that stuff it has to keep track of. But it's really cool because then you can have, you know, stronger or heavier pieces in some areas and lighter, more agile pieces in others or... Like your chest could have maybe a lot of radiation resistance, whereas, you know, another piece might have a lot of damage resistance. You know, that's sort of mix and match to sort of customize things how you want. And I really like that. And plus, if you zoom out of your character or you're in a conversation with somebody, you actually get a look at it and see, you know, what it looks like on occasion, which is pretty cool too. I like that. Like I said, I haven't played very long. I'm only level 5, but I really do like the way they have sort of the skills and perks put together into one system now. It seemed pretty intuitive to me, but I could see how it'd be really confusing maybe to somebody who is not familiar with Fallout games or who doesn't quite understand it. It might seem a little bit more daunting than other systems. But basically you have your special system. And so for each, I guess, attribute, uh, you have a certain number of points in that attribute and that will unlock to a certain depth on the perk tree. So I think it's pretty much a 1 to 1 ratio up to 10. Not entirely sure on that. But like I started with like 5 agility I think and 3 strength. The stats are a lot lower than previous games. So don't feel like you have to have a lot of points in something. Or like 5 is average and below that you're going to be screwed. You'll be just fine. I think... Some of my stats were as low as 2 when I started. So I think my first perk unlock was like a rank 4 agility thing. And you can go anywhere on the tree you can reach in terms of depth. And when you get a level up, you can either unlock a perk in the tree or you can increase the attribute itself. Or, and I'm not sure entirely how this works, you can upgrade the perk because some perks have multiple upgrades. I think the sort of lock picking one only had three, but I saw one that I think had like 10. So I'm not sure if that requires a higher attribute rating to increase that or if it's just based on the perk. 
Not sure. But that sort of rolls the stats and the perks into sort of one system. I mean, it's nice to assign them, but I think it's just fine having flat perks. I feel, you know, just as cool as before. And I think it actually adds a little bit more of a freedom to the game. I don't feel quite as tied down to a specific weapon group or category. I mean, yeah, there are perks that I'm looking at that are like plus 20% to non-automatic handgun damage, plus I think it's 20% uh, rifle damage, again, you know, not automatic. And I'm sure, you know, there's similar ones for the energy weapons. But in previous games, I always felt really, really tied down to I must... Uh, you know, base myself in physical weapons or I must base myself in energy weapons because splitting them, you're kind of hurting yourself because you can only go so far in the tree, you know, in terms of depth. But now, you know, you can unlock wherever uh, your attributes will allow you to unlock to. So it doesn't seem quite as limiting. I could pick that rifle ability. I could also pick the pistol ability. That's only two perks. You know, it's not a big deal as long as I have the depth in both of those attributes. And again, you know, if there are the energy-based ones, I could look at those as well. And I have heard that there is no limit on uh, levels, which seems a little crazy. But I guess that gives you, you know, a potential to just keep unlocking all the things. And again, you don't have to worry about, you know, capping on any particular skill. And going, okay, now I'm the best at this thing that I like. Now I can maybe look at the other things. You know, with this kind of system, like I said, you're free to look at, you know, physical weapons as well as energy weapons if you don't want to feel, you know, limited by not having either. Or you could just, you know, pick other perks, I guess, and avoid that issue entirely. After about the first two and a half hours, the sort of combat tutorial section was over. I got some people back to my. Sanctuary Town, I guess they're calling it. And it kind of pushed me into the base building minigame, which is brand new for Fallout 4. It seems like it's just nothing more than a distraction for people who want something to do besides combat. But the UI for it was really not that great. It was still really in close. So a lot of the bigger building parts took up pretty much all of my view. I couldn't hardly see anything. So it actually seemed kind of difficult to use. I'm sure I wouldn't do it a whole lot, but it seems like if it's something that's really important to the game, like based on how many people I have, I have to have a certain number of beds, I have to have a certain amount of food, I have to have a certain amount of energy, and there's defense, you know, do I have to worry about people coming in and killing my town people? You know, if I have to worry about that stuff, it's going to really kind of detract from the main core game. If it's something I can just walk away from and be like, okay, you guys do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to go adventure and, you know, they'll be okay. Then I'm okay with it. I I would be fine with it being there. But I don't know. It just seems kind of odd. I'm not sure how into it I'll be. I've never really been into the building kind of games. So if it sort of forces me into that, I'm going to be kind of upset. Because, like I said, I don't want to feel like I'm letting my people down by not messing around with this town, you know, and if I'm not into it, that's going to be the game playing me. It's not going to be me playing the game anymore. So I guess we'll see as time goes on. Maybe uh, next podcast I'll have a lot more hours. 
under my belt and maybe mess around with it some more and see if I like it or not. One of the big issues I have with it is sort of the time it takes. It's not like many sort of building games that I've seen or even tried. I've tried a couple. But with those, you know, it sort of has this block area and it says destroy or reclaim this whole area. And just, you know, poof, it does it really quickly. Here it seems like you have to do things all one at a time. It's like destroy the bed, destroy the chair, destroy the other chair, destroy the dresser, destroy the rug. And it just gets really, really time consuming just to take down one room. And I haven't even tried to take down something bigger like an entire building. It just seems like if you could say reclaim this entire land space and poof, it was done. It would be a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable. I don't know, maybe people that are into building games like taking stuff apart in a really slow and painful way. But to me, who has not typically been into it that much, uh, it seemed like it could have been streamlined a lot. I guess those are my thoughts uh, for Fallout 4 so far. Like I said, I'm only about five hours in, so I'm not really that far into it. I do really, really love it. I would say if you have played previous games, uh, you know, 3 and New Vegas, and, you know, if you've been a long-time fan, you probably already have it. But if you've been waiting to be on the fence and you're not sure if you want to pick it up, I would say definitely pick it up. I like it quite a bit. The changes they've added with the weapon system is really awesome. I really like how I can sort of tweak things. And like I said, the perks and skills kind of makes a little bit more sense. doesn't feel like I'm quite able to sort of micromanage things up as much as I did before. But it does also seem like it wasn't really necessary to do that. I I never really understood it before in terms of why do I really need to do this if all I'm doing is unlocking perks. I kind of always thought it should just be perk-based and not, you know, have those little skills that are micromanaged by one and two points here and there. I mean, yeah, you lose the micromanaging aspect, but I think far more people play it that don't care about micromanaging than those who do. And for those who do, you know, like I said, the inventory system and the locational damage system kind of replace that. They give them something still to micromanage and control. But again, you know, I would say if you are a Fallout fan at all, uh, it's definitely worth picking up. And I guess that's all I have to say uh, so far in my whopping five hours of play. So I've been really super sad lately, and somebody got me some stuff to sort of cheer me up. These aren't really my kind of games, so I haven't spent a lot of time with them. I probably spent about an hour each. But they are good for little ones, and they are quite different than normal games I play, so I did think I would talk about them just very briefly. One is called Ah, and it's just like a bunch of A's. And... Pretty much the whole point of the game is you're sort of in this first-person view of, I guess, a a skydiver. But you're kind of dropping into sort of this virtual 
world which is mostly empty. The first kind of jump is you just jump down to a platform and that's it. Your whole goal in the game is to jump and land in the target circle or as close to it as you can. The next level adds obstacles which are a bunch of square buildings and you get points for how close you are to the building. And of course, you know, if you bump into the building too hard, you just die and that's it. So it's kind of interesting. It seems more like a game that would be better on like mobile because it seems like all you're doing is jumping off and avoiding the buildings or, you know, like an old school kind of game, like back in the 80s, you know, they had this kind of game somewhat commonly, really simple sort of idea for a game. But I don't know, it, it seems pretty cool to kill some time with, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of goal other than trying to get through the obstacles. So I guess it would be really good if you're into sort of an obstacle dodging kind of game. The other little game I got was The Wonderful End of the World. And I think this would be really interesting to little ones. Um, it's very different. The only way I could think to describe it is you're sort of this life force energy who is very small. I would guess maybe less than six inches big. And each level is a single room. And there's a bunch of stuff in the room, like a bunch of fruits is a common thing for small things, ants, uh, small spiders. And it's all sort of, I guess you could kind of call it vector graphic based with filled polygons. Uh, it's kind of simple, kind of flat, kind of basic. And the goal is to, within a certain time for each level, You run around and you pick up stuff into your form. And as you pick up more stuff, you turn into sort of a blob shape. And sometimes the blob shape will look more person-shaped, but you are built up of all the stuff you're picking up. And you slowly get bigger and bigger. And as you get bigger, you can pick up bigger stuff. So you're starting with, you know, like I said, fruit and little things. And then you'll usually get slightly bigger. You'll get plates and books. And then uh, eventually you'll pick up like plants and stuff. I expect probably in later levels it gets like really big. But it seemed kind of interesting for little ones because, you know, the goal was just to get bigger. And it's, you know, not violent. And there are dangerous critters like there's dog and a snake and you just kind of bounce off them. So they just kind of block the area and that's it. So it's kind of interesting, kind of different. Uh, like I said, good for little ones. But again, you know, not something I'd be really into, I think, a whole lot. But it seemed like a nice distraction from the common games I play, which are either super challenging or, you know, kind of, I guess, super violent in comparison. Like Fallout 4, people kind of explode when you hit them. So, you know, something very different to check out if you want something like non-violent or kind of different experience in terms of playing again it's kind of like an older 80s style kind of game that's and it just have a very different kind of goal than modern games but the person that got them for me got them on the humble bundle so they're probably gone they probably changed that because they change it like every week or something so i don't know um how long that deal will last but if you're interested i'm sure they're on steam or you could find them uh, maybe on the humble bundle site maybe Uh, They have it for a longer period of time than I think. I don't know. 
Uh, but you might want to check that out. From the newsroom. News this time is kind of small. Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest is now out on iOS and Android, and it's free. They do have, uh, you know, card pack buying options, and one review I saw of it said, you kind of feel like you need to because there's like an energy mechanic and it gets really difficult without the extra cards. So I'm not sure. Uh, Apparently my iPhone is too old to play, so I can't play it. Somebody did get me the extra phone, which is Android-based. I am sort of considering doing stuff on there. But as far as I know, from the stats I checked out, it's pretty low resolution. So I would expect a lot of stuff does not actually run on it. So far, I haven't seen more than just this one game that I would really like to play. Uh, But if I do see more, you know, I'll consider checking out if that's an option. Kind of don't want to jump into it because I kind of don't want to get tangled up in all of that Google Play Store and, you know, setting up another account and all that stuff. So we'll see as time goes on. And the other news is StarCraft II Legacy of the Void. That's the campaign with the Protoss is now out. I haven't played StarCraft II in forever. I kind of played the Zurg campaign uh, solo pretty much. I, I only played don't even think half a dozen games online and I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I stopped playing online. I just lose all the time. So I I just stopped playing. And then I was like, do I really want to even keep playing at all? Because, you know, the single player campaign is like 10 or 12 hours and then you're done. So I don't know. You know, if I had a ton of money, I probably would pick it up, but I probably wouldn't be like, oh my God, it's the most amazing thing. Yeah, because I'm just not that into it anymore. I, you know, like I said, I just get beat if I go online. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of playability solo. But if you are really into that, it is now out. And you can get it or not. Or not, I guess. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, and that's it for the news. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. Ha ha ha. The following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be thanking Sean R., who's most generous lately, for the backpack and Fallout 4 Christmas gifts. And we do be thanking Stephen B., for the gas money and small games to cheer me up. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. So that's it for this podcast. Kind of having a super tough time lately. 
Today for me is pretty much the first day I won't be able to be at school. I thought it was going to close last week, but it was actually open a little bit this week. So I got to be inside for uh, most of this week. But now I'm limited to outside or other places. I did find the library, which is kind of close to school, does have now uh, free internet. Uh, It used to be that you had to have a library card and it would limit you to two hours. But now they seem to have removed both of those limitations. Uh, Steam is blocked, but I can get, but I can play uh, offline. You know, that's fine. Uh, My main game uh, is not blocked. So I don't know quite what's up with that. It's like, why block Steam and not block other games? I tried, you know, two other games and they were fine. So I don't understand why Steam is blocked. So I guess uh, for the remainder of winter, I will have to be at the library, which normally wouldn't be like a big deal at all, you know, except for you can't eat there. You can have drinks in there, and it's weird because they have like signs that you can have uh, covered drinks, and that's fine. So like you can bring in your coffee if you want, and it's fine, which is weird to me, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so, you know, I couldn't eat food there. But the bigger thing is there are signs in the parking lot that say you can only park there for four hours at a time. I don't think they really patrol the parking lot. But it will be kind of a weird juggling act between when they open, if I start in the parking lot, and then I'll have to move my car out to the street at some point, And then the street is like you can park there two hours up until five o'clock. And then you can park there you know, however you want. Or on the weekends, you can park however long you want. So it's like I'm going to have to juggle between when the library opens, I have my car in the parking lot, and then, you know, sometime around 2 or 3, move my car out to the street. And it's it's just kind of a pain in the butt. But, I mean, it is a warm inside place to stay, and unless I somehow get in trouble for playing games, which, I don't know, I could see them freaking out, because, oh, there's kids here, and the kids would see it, and then the kids would see blood splattering all over the screen in this not okay, kids can't watch that stuff. So, I don't know. Um, They might flip out at me. I don't see a lot of librarians walking around, and so it's probably fine. Plus, people are watching, you know, streams or game reviews or whatever, and they're not actually playing. So, you know, there's a fine line there between actually playing and, you know, watching somebody else play. So, I don't know. They haven't said anything yet. I've been there three or four nights and played for a few hours each night and nobody said anything so it's probably fine but I guess we'll see it's like two and a half more weeks uh, that I'll probably be there so we'll see what happens but it's sad you know that I'm kind of forced into that option but you know also okay that it is an option because I don't have a whole lot of other options and everything else you know about my life is super stressful and sad I'm down to less than a quarter of a tank of gas again, which is super scary. That's probably going to run out uh, probably a day or two after this podcast comes out. And then, too, I haven't paid my parking sticker for school. Uh, I got an awesome donation, so I did pay for actually going to school, but no uh, parking sticker permit thing yet. That's only like 15 or 20 bucks too, so that's pretty cheap. And there's car insurance and, you know, of course... I mentioned gas, and now my phone is, like, out of money, so that's going to be probably shut down pretty soon because when it's totally out, they're going to be like, oh, you have none left. 
And of course, the worst news is I'm still under the impression that I'm not going to get any uh, food money for next year. They said, oh, do this to renew your benefits. And so I did that. And then they're like, okay, your benefit award is zero. And I'm like, wait, you can't award me something that's zero because that's not an award. That's a denial. So I don't know. I'll have to figure out what's going on with that, which means either calling, which I don't think I have enough money to call them, or driving there, which I definitely don't have gas money to get there. So I'm giving it a few days, uh, and then I'll probably try and call and see uh, what's up. But I probably don't have very much time on my phone. Uh, but I'm hoping it's just a mistake because they entered the data late. And so, I don't know, maybe they missed some kind of deadline. And so things are crossed in the mail, as it were. I don't know. I, I'm trying to stay hopeful about that because if I don't get money for food, I don't know what I'll do because I'll have no money at all because I'm not quite getting enough for not food and <laughs> so having food on top of that uh, would be terrible so of course uh, you know donations and spreading the word that I need help is super helpful and hopefully you know your holidays are not terrible like mine oh and I guess some um, Christmas will happen after this podcast, uh, before the next one. So, happy Christmas time to everybody. Uh, again, hopefully it's not terrible. Like mine will probably be. Um, you know, I'm trying to hang on to hope, but it is difficult these days. So, that's it for this time. And I'll probably have some more Fallout stuff to talk about for next time. And hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com if you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B, number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2015 by Eric Stryker, a.k.a. Rabbit.